We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Friday, April the 14th, 2023, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down this weekend series as South Carolina hits the road to Nashville, Tennessee to take on the fourth-ranked Vanderbilt Commodores at Hawkins Field. Guys, I'll break down the series in its entirety. First things first, we'll talk the Vandy boys. They're pitching, they're hitting. Also, of course, talk the Gamecocks, what the starting rotation looks like this weekend. Also, what to watch for, key player of the weekend. And I will lock in my prediction as well. Also, guys, it's that time of year yet again. As South Carolina football takes the field under the lights at Williams-Brice Stadium tomorrow night in the 2023 Garnet and Black Spring Game. And we are breaking it all down here, guys. I'll give you all my top storylines, players to watch for, whose Saturday night spring game standout will be, in my opinion, and what I w- most want to see from the spring game tomorrow night. Guys, we've got a packed show for you here on this Friday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go down the Prize Picks app, or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game in the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works you pick two to six players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry, guys. It's literally just you against. The projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, guys, literally anything and everything that you can think of. They've got it over at Prize Picks. They also have a slick, easy to use mobile app, both in the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. So, again, go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. Let's get it.
Boys and girls, what is going on? Happy Friday, TGIF. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here, your host of the Spurs Up Show. As always, appreciate you all tuning in. I hope this show does find you. I don't know where you are, what you're doing. Hope you're having a fantastic start to your weekend. And let me start by saying, guys, thank you all so much for continuing to roll with the punches and continuing to be flexible. I know the podcast moving from Thursday to Friday was not originally in the plan. It was not originally in the cards, but we had some things in regards to travel that made it impossible for yours truly to get the podcast in and up and recorded and published by our normal 5 a.m. time on Thursday. So, of course, you're hearing me on Friday, guys. Again, thank you all so much for the continued love and support as we were on the road this week in beautiful Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. And I want to shout out a couple of people really quickly that I met during our stay in the Low Country, first Derek over at Salty Dog Cafe. I know I mentioned him on the Daily Crow a couple of days ago, but thank you to Derek for hooking us up with some iced coffees at the Salty Dog Cafe. We were out there exploring, looking around, did not eat there this time around, but a fantastic establishment. And I appreciate Derek stopping me. You know, it was really cool, guys, being down on the island, being in Hilton Head. You almost kind of, for a moment, you sort of forget you're in South Carolina because there's so many different people from so many different walks of life, so many different locations. If you will, we all know about the Ohio folks that seem to take over the low country, specifically Hilton Head Island, but it was really cool. I uh, got to talk Gamecocks and have some conversation with Derek, a fantastic Gamecock. So again, Derek from Salty Dog Cafe. Thank you, sir. And also I want to mention Warren Holland, who is an assistant harbor master at the Sea Pines Resort, Harbor Town, of course, Again, was just kind of walking around, went to the RBC Heritage on Wednesday afternoon, was walking around and got stopped and uh, had a great conversation with Warren and his folks and the people he was working with. And uh, just really cool stuff, man, to be out and about in the state of South Carolina. And I did have my TSUS hat on on Wednesday afternoon, but uh, just always value guys talking with Gamecocks and meeting up with people. And so Warren and Derek, I wanted to shout them out. It's just really cool being on the road and and uh, running into great Gamecocks and people that lo show love and support to TSUS and all the content, the podcast, the live show, the merchandise, and everything we do here. So again, Warren and Derek, appreciate you guys, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend in Hilton Head. Obviously, it's a big one with the RBC Heritage, very busy, and we had a blast being down there at Hilton Head Island for sure. So again, guys, thank you all so much, though. Really excited to be back in studio. As you can tell, we are back in studio behind the mic, if you will, and really, really pumped for this weekend, a massive weekend in Gamecocks Athletics. One quick thing I want to highlight before we get going, and it has to do, of course, with the spring game. In case you missed it, right? You've probably seen for the baseball games a couple of times, we've done these live stream watch-alongs, which have been, in my humble opinion, massive successes. Being locked in, plugged in, in the studio, having the phone right in front of me, being able to actively create content during the game, Obviously, being connected to Wi-Fi as well, that helps tremendously. But they have been a massive success. We are running it back, and we are doing that tomorrow night for the Garnet and Black spring game. Of course, kickoff is set for 7 o'clock at Williams-Brice Stadium. Again, we'll be locked in right here in studio, streaming everything, guys. You can follow along, have the spring game pulled up. Of course, it's aired on SEC Network Plus, in case you missed that, SEC Network Plus is where you can watch the game. So have the spring game pulled up and have yours truly pulled up on your phone, your tablet, your other TV, what might have you. And again, we'll have a really, really great time together as you can watch and get live reactions from yours truly. Going to be a lot of fun. We'll be streaming that live on Facebook, 
YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. So the exact same way that we stream the Daily Crow, that is where you can catch the live stream watch along for the Garnet and Black Spring game tomorrow night. And really, really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun and a great success. And I think it's going to drive a lot of value for you guys, the end consumer, which is truly what it's all about. Uh, that being said, guys, we're going to leave that for later in the show. We're going to start with baseball as the Yardcocks travel to Nashville to take on the fourth-ranked Vanderbilt Commodores, four versus six at Hawkins Field. Another huge SEC weekend from Art Kingston Club. It all gets going tonight, Friday, tonight at 7 o'clock, Saturday at 3, and then Sunday at 2. Of course, again, Hawkins Field in Nashville, Tennessee, is where it will take place. And let me also, by the way, guys, before I forget, let me shout out the folks over at The Door Report, which is a fantastic Vanderbilt podcast. And I feel like the reaction I always get is, there's a Vanderbilt podcast? There are Vanderbilt fans? Yes, guys, there are Vanderbilt fans. And they're actually great people. And believe it or not, they're just as passionate about the Commodores as we are about the Gamecocks. Hard to believe those people exist, at least on the baseball side of things. At least on the baseball side of things they do. But uh, had a great conversation with the guys over at the Door Report that dropped yesterday. So be sure you go check that out. But they were telling me that Hawkins Field seats around 3,500, 4,000 people, something like that. So it won't be necessarily the, the most intimidating environment the Gamecocks have played in. But again, anytime you go on the road in the SEC and you take on Vanderbilt, it's always really tough. All three games will be streamed on SEC Network. Plus, I know the schedules are made before the season, but it's a damn travesty that not a single one of these games will be on the big channel. Either way, though, Gamecocks will be on SEC Network Plus against Vandy for all three games against 7, 3, and 2 tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. The head coach of Vandy, of course, is always Tim Corbin. Done a great job there. One of the most well-respected coaches in all of college baseball. And what a start they are off to, and what a record, what a season they're having thus far 27 and 6 overall, but 11 and 1 in SEC play. What I think is so interesting, guys, about Vandy, you know, they were picked down there behind Tennessee, behind Florida, you know, sort of thought of, I think they were sort of a mystery coming in the season. And early on in the season, I didn't think Vandy looked all that great. You know, they struggled in some midweeks. They struggled against Central Arkansas, I think it was, in a weekend series, but they have just cut it on since SEC play began. And you look back, at their schedule at SEC play, uh, they sweep Ole Miss to open it up, uh, then sweep Mississippi State. And both, both those Mississippi schools, by the way, are having really tough years. Uh, they then sweep Georgia. So they started 9-0 and in SEC play. And then, of course, last weekend at Missouri, they did lose their first SEC game of the season uh, on April the 7th, but did end up taking two of three in that one against a really tough Mizzou team. So, again, they sit here 11-1 in the conference, but I will say this. The question they have and that people are posing at them is the same question that a lot of folks have posed at the Gamecocks is, who have you played? Are you really amongst the SEC elite? The question's not, is Vanderbilt good? They are very, very good. They're ranked fourth for a reason. It's just in regards to, you know, when you look at the power rankings and you look at the top three or four or five teams, where does Vanderbilt fall? Are they, are they number one? Or are they closer to fourth or fifth? And that's certainly coming in what the Gamecocks are trying to prove in this series as well. Let's break down the Commodores. They're pitching, they're hitting. We'll start on the bump, a 3.18 team ERA and a 3.28 SECR ERA, guys, which is what you expect from Bandy. They always have great pitching. They've always got great arms. You know, I think back to Jack Leiter and Kumar Rocker, and thank goodness we don't ever have to see them again. But uh, you can always expect, I think, the pitching to be a strength 
of Vanderbilt baseball. And you look at the projected rotation. We'll go off what they went with last weekend at Mizzou. It'll be Cunningham, Owen, and Fatrell. Cunningham, Owen, and Fatrell. Bryce Cunningham, he's 1-0 with a 3.20 ERA. Uh, so, again, we'll see if they do stick with him, if they go with him. Devin Fatrell, uh, or excuse me, let's go back to uh, Owen here. Let's go back to Owen. Hunter Owen, 3-0 with a 3.33 ERA. And then Devin Fatrell, 6-1 with a 2.21 ERA. He has been absolutely Fantastic for them. Also, Carter Holton, another one that started seven games for Andy, 4-0 with a 2.58 ERA. So, again, guys, they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, the numbers of their hitters are hitting just 195 against them. They're going to be really tough to swing it against. Of course, though, we said that last week, and you saw what the Gamecocks did. So, it'll be a great challenge for South Carolina yet again, especially at their place at Hawkins Field. And look at the way that Vandy swings it, hitting 290 as a team, but get this, hitting 334. In SEC play, guys, like I said, they have absolutely turned it on, which is why they're sitting at 11-1 and in the conference. Wanted to highlight this, too, guys, on the base pass. We all know for South Carolina, that hasn't necessarily been their strength this year in regards to throwing base runners out. It will be a test for Cole Messina this weekend. Vandy is 54 for 67 in overall stolen bases, 22-25 in the SEC stealing bases. When you look at players to watch for, the man that accounts for most of that and one of the best players in college baseball, Enrique Bradfield Jr., hitting 303 on the season, four homers, 20 RBI, but the number that stands out to me, 25 of 29 on the base pass. And if I believe I remember this number correctly, I think he went 46 of 46 last year. He didn't get thrown out once. So, this dude is an absolute speed demon. He's going to be a very, very high draft pick in this year's MLB draft and definitely someone that you're going to have to try to limit him or eliminate him from getting on the base pass because, guys, with his speed and the struggles in the running game for South Carolina, I mean, it might literally be an automatic triple every time he gets on. You also look at R.J. Shrek, the big power bat for Bandy, hitting 347, eight home runs, and 38 RBI, and then finally Chris Maldonado hitting 367, leading the Vanderbilt Commodores in SEC average and overall average, 367, four home runs, and 21 RBI. So I think with Vandy, guys, sort of similar to the Yardcocks where the hitting was the question. I think they felt really good about the pitching, but the hitting was the question, and they have certainly answered that question, especially in SEC play, hitting 334 in the conference, really, really good stuff. When you look at the Gamecocks, guys, now I'm recording this before the actual rotation drops, but it sounds like from Mark Kingston's comments on late Wednesday, this is how it will look. Will Sanders tonight, Jack Mahoney tomorrow, and then TBA on Sunday. Mark Kingston already confirming that Noah Hall will miss his start this weekend due to those lingering back issues. Guys, I would tell you this, and I've already mentioned it before, you know, based off everything that I've heard, I would not expect Noah Hall back anytime soon, whether it's a couple of weeks, whether it's the entire season. Again, we have heard rumors that he may need surgery, which would knock him out for the entire year. I would not expect him back anytime soon. So will it be an Eli Jones? Will it be a Jerzenbeck? Will it be a James Hicks? We shall see, but I think it'll be Sanders, Mahoney, and TBA for the Gamecocks this weekend, which leads us into, as we look into what to watch for, I mean, the first question just got to be, who starts game three for Carolina? Will it be Eli Jones? Will it be Eli Jerzenbeck? Or will it be James Hicks? I will, or will it be a Matthew Becker, right, who's thrown really well in the midweek and obviously has experience pitching on the weekends? I, I will say this, guys. 
You hate to see it if Noah Hall is out for an extended period of time. But with that being said, I, I do think, and we probably all agree, that this is the area of the Yardcocks ball club where you can most afford an injury like this just because of the crazy amount of pitching depth that you have. So, again, really excited to see. I personally think it'll be Eli Jones just because you look at what he did in Starkville. I thought he was fantastic in game one, and I think he most certainly deserves another opportunity to get the start. But we shall see who will it be, Jones, Jerzenbeck, Hicks, Maybe it's Ethan Matthew Becker going to be really interesting in regards to. I'm sure they'll look at matchups and stuff like that and see who gives them the best opportunity to win the ball game. Uh, really excited to see who gets the baseball in game three of the series. Guys, also, of course, what we're looking for, Ethan Petrie. That's all you really need to say, right? Can he continue his torrid pace? He has been absolutely incredible this season overall in SEC play. I mean, the power numbers, this kid backs down from no one, as was given evidence to by last weekend against Paul Skeens, and he had no problems turning around 100 miles an hour. You know, Ethan Petrie, how do they pitch him as well? I think it's going to be really interesting, right? Tim Corbin's teams, they're going to be fundamentally sound. They're going to play smart baseball. So I just wonder, and I would expect if they don't have to pitch to him, I don't think you're going to see Vandy pitch to him. I'd be surprised if he gets a lot of good pitches to hit this weekend because i got to think, if you're Tim Corbin and you're Vanderbilt, your mindset and your motto has just got to be, we cannot let Ethan Petrie beat us, right? We may lose two or three, what have you, whatever happens, happens, but we cannot let this one guy beat us. They may try to pitch to him, really go after him for one at bat, but I think if Ethan Petrie shows that you know he's just red hot yet again and he's not missing, I just don't know how many good pitches he'll get to hit. But hey, do that at your own risk because the Gamecocks have got a lineup full of fantastic hitters, but it's just becoming must-see TV uh, you know, he, he's becoming, a you know, one of the top reasons I think people are tuning in is just to see what does Ethan Petrie do and can he continue this magical freshman season that he's having. Guys, also what I'm looking for, I mentioned it earlier, controlling the running game. I think that is going to be a big key this weekend for South Carolina. Are they able to control the running game? Again, like I mentioned, Tim Corbin teams, they like to run 54 of 67 overall stolen bases, 22 of 25 in the SEC. If they get on, they're going to give you headaches. It's not just on Cole Messina, right? Because I put a lot of it on him. It's on the Gamecocks pitchers, right? To work quickly, maybe mix in a slide step, be efficient up there, if you will, and not just put it all on Cole Messina to throw guys out, not put him in a really tough position. So the last thing you want is singles turning into automatic doubles, definitely throwing strikes and not giving free passes is going to be a big point of emphasis as well. But controlling the running game, limiting what they can do in the running game, if you do that, I think you'll find a lot of success uh, on the bump. Also, guys, speaking of the pitching, you know, something else I'm looking forward to is finding consistency for Will Sanders, right? A positive start last week, and although he only went three innings, I thought he looked much better. It looked like the weekend off. Gave him a bit of a breath of of fresh air, if you will. Now it's all about consistency, right? I've seen a lot of people, dominant Will Sanders is back. Will Sanders is back. He's going to be, he needs to be consistent, right? Let's see if he can do it again. Going back on the road, an intimidating environment. Vanderbilt, one of the best lineups in the SEC. I'm excited to see Will Sanders, hopefully again, really, truly tonight, return to form, be that guy, and give you an extended six, seven, maybe eight innings. That's what you need in the game one because you know their guy is going to be really, really good. So it should be a lot of fun to watch. Will Sanders, though, continuing to get back to that Friday night game one ace form, if you will. Really excited to see it, guys. Also, what I'm looking forward to, and maybe 
the biggest storyline of the weekend. How about Gavin Cassis, the former Vanderbilt Commodore, facing off against his old team? And 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 to be fair, I, I don't think there's like any bad blood or anything. I mean, I don't know. We don't know Cassis personally. We don't know what's going on inside his brain. But it didn't sound like there was really any bad blood in his departure. It was one of those deals where it's like, hey, you know, you're not getting a lot of playing time. You can go somewhere else, utilize the transfer portal. Uh, you know, one of those deals. It wasn't anything. But maybe he feels slighted. Maybe he feels disrespected. And no matter what happened, you got to think that's a major motivating factor for him going back to Nashville, facing off. I'm sure he's still buddies with a lot of guys on that Vanderbilt team. I'm sure he's still got a lot of respect for Tim Corbin, a lot of love for him as well. But you know he wants to put on for the black and gold in Nashville, Tennessee, right? He wants to show, here's what you're missing out on, right? I'm back, I'm bigger than ever, and I'm going to go into absolutely punish your pitching staff. So Gavin Cassis facing off against the old team. It's always really, really cool when you get these matchups, if you will, and I'm sure that Gavin Cassis will be fired up. Probably the biggest thing for him will be to control the emotions and not let it get to him. But I'm sure that's going to be a really interesting dynamic for him. And I definitely think it's going to be a motivating factor for the Gamecocks as well as they try to get the W for Gavin against the Commodores. Guys, final things I'm looking forward to is this. You know, it's another weekend, another daunting task in the SEC, taking on a top-five team. But how about this? The SEC East lead is on the line. If the Gamecocks are able to take two of three or damn near sweep, if you will, if they are able to do that, South Carolina will have sole possession of first place in the SEC East. So, hey, this point in the season, these are the type of series you want to be playing. I mean, this is the situation you want to be in, right? You know, after last weekend, Gamecock split with LSU. South Carolina did not move anywhere in the rankings. A lot of people felt like USC was disrespected, if you will. We should have moved up. We should have done this. Hey, you want respect? Keep winning, and it starts this weekend winning two of three, if not better, in Nashville. Great opportunity to do so, and again, more importantly, that SEC East lead being on the line. The Gamecocks have not won the SEC East outright in what feels like forever, so it would be a great opportunity to sort of set uh, set yourself up, if you will, going into the rest of the season taking that lead in Nashville. A lot on the line this weekend. Going to be a lot of fun. Always a blast to watch these two teams take off, especially guys like I mentioned. Tim Corbin team, they're going to be focused on fundamentals. It's going to be a hell of a game, hell of a series for all 27 innings. Cannot wait to see it. Guys, let's dive into my key player of the weekend. I'm going to go with Gamecock starter, Game 2 starter, Jack Mahoney. You know, I, th I think Jack has been solid, but I think he's got more in the tank. I, I, I think at some point, we're going to see a bit of a breakout performance from Jack Mahoney. We're going to see him 7-8, maybe a complete game, if you will, really shut down. I think this weekend needs to be the weekend, right? With the uncertainty in game three, who's going to throw? You're taking on, again, a really, really good and really deep in their own right Vanderbilt pitching staff. You need Jack Mahoney to be at his best. So I'm going with Jack Mahoney. I think in that game two spot, you know, it might be the difference between winning two of three and losing two of three, taking that game two, Jack Mahoney is a guy that absolutely needs to be at his best this weekend, guys, which brings me into my prediction. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of dramatics around my prediction this weekend because I already dropped the graphic yesterday. So I'm sure all of you listening have already seen it. I am picking the Gamecocks to take two 
of three. I think Will Sanders tonight will return to form. First off, I think this is going to be a fantastic series. I really do. Back and forth. I think it's just going to be classic SEC baseball. Uh, again, going into Nashville, a tough place to play. It's not the rowdiest environment, but it's always tough when you take on Vandy at their place. Uh, I think the Gamecocks ought to be really good this week, and I think they're going to have to play really, really fundamentally sound ball because you know that Vandy's going to do that. I expect some lower scoring games. I think South Carolina, uh, there might be one game where they break out offensively because it's just really, really hard to hold down this Yardcox lineup for all three games. But, uh, you know, I, I think this team will have that extra motivation for Gavin Cassis. You know, Cassis is a guy who's been cold of late. I think he actually has a big weekend this week. You know, it's crazy. I didn't list him as my key player of the weekend. He certainly is another key player for the Gamecocks. And I think he could be a big storyline coming out of this weekend if he has a big weekend, and especially if Carolina takes two of three. Uh, but I think he gets it going. I, I think this lineup is a whole man. They can just beat you in so many different ways. And they make pitchers work so hard. So hard, right? I mean, it's just, it's a pitcher's worst nightmare going up against South Carolina because you don't want to come in the zone because they'll punish you. But if you don't go in the zone, they're not going to swing themselves into a bad count. They're not going to swing themselves out of an at-bat, right? They're going to take a hit by pitch. They're going to take a walk, which is going to put you in a really tough situation. So you almost have to be perfect as an opposing pitcher. And, uh, you know, I, I think South Carolina will, I don't want to say expose Vanderbilt a little bit, but I think this is by far Vandy's stiffest test. I think the Gamecocks will take it to Vanderbilt. And again, what I think will be a classic, I think it'll come down to game three, but I do think the Gamecocks will take two of three and get the job done in Nashville. So again, that's my prediction. Lock me in. Yardcocks taking two of three from the Vandy boys. I'd love to hear your thoughts. How do you feel this series will go this weekend in Nashville? Guys, from the Diamond to the Gridiron. The 2023 Garnet and Black Spring Game will take place tomorrow night under the lights once again at Williams-Brice Stadium. A 7 o'clock kickoff SEC Network Plus is where you can watch the game. If you have any questions on how to find it, I feel like you should probably know at this point because you've probably, if you're listening to this show, you've tuned into a ton of games on SEC Network Plus. But if you have any questions, please reach out. I'd be more than happy to help. But really, really exciting stuff as spring ball comes to a conclusion in the Garnet and Black spring game. And guys, we'll go ahead and dive right into it with our top story. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lines for the game, and I'll start with this, guys. Tomorrow's stars take the field. Everybody from the transfer portal, your true freshman, what have you. Uh, and I'll say this, guys. I-, I feel like the spring game, more than anything, is an opportunity for the youngsters, right? It's an opportunity for guys. You know, the spring game's not for a guy like Spencer Rattler. It's it's really not for a guy like Juice Wells. It's really not for a guy like Nick Emanuori. It- it's not for your proven guys that, hey, we've seen them on the field. We know what they can do. Those guys don't have to come into the spring game and try to win a job. But for dudes from the portal, speaking of like Jerron Willis, Trey Knox, Nick Gargiulo, uh, you know, many others as well that I'm forgetting, you know, your freshmen like your Desmond Umiazulus, all those talented players you brought in recruiting. These guys have never played at Williams-Brice Stadium in front of a crowd. They certainly never played under the lights in front of a crowd, and you've got guys fighting for starting jobs, trying to fight their way up the depth chart. It's a great opportunity for those guys to do so. And like I said, guys, you don't really want to draw conclusions from spring games because just because a guy balls out, right, it doesn't mean that, oh, my God, he's going to be a 1,000-yard receiver this year. He's our starting quarterback, or, you know, he's going to be a big-time playmaker on defense. It doesn't exactly translate over that way, but it is really, really cool to – get a glimpse at some of these guys that really could be the stars of the future and maybe stars sooner than we realize. So again, getting our first true look at your transfer portal, guys, your true freshman, always a really, really fun part of the spring game. Guys, of course, another big storyline, right? The OC hiring of Dowell Loggins was a huge, and I mean a huge story this offseason. And of course, we get our first glimpses of a Dowell Loggins attack tomorrow night. And again, guys, what can we really learn from the spring game in regards to what the offense will look like? Probably nothing. And as I've said many times, you're not necessarily reinventing the wheel when it comes to uh, what you're going to do offensively. You know, Shane Beamer's even spoken to. They're going to take things they liked from last year. Dowell Loggins will have his own wrinkle, and they might add some new things. But I think a lot of it's probably going to resemble what you did in the Tennessee and the Clemsucks games to close out the 2022 season, which who of us would complain if that was the offensive game plan? But I am curious just to see, you know, last year it was very heavily. I feel like swing pass sat was born in the spring game last year. It was a lot of dink, a lot of dunk, kind of boring. I think there was like one pass that went for more than 15 yards down the field. But other than that, it was it was sort of uh, like watching paint dry. Just call it for what it is. I'm really curious to see, do we see more excitement from Dowell Loggins? Does Dowell Loggins maybe want to make some sort of an impression on the Gamecocks faithful? Because as we all know, although I've warned people, don't overreact, don't overreact, we're going to overreact to the spring game. I mean, it's just it's just kind of what we do, if you will. So do we see them open it up a little bit, whether it be with Rattler, whether it be with the young guys? Do we see them go down the field? Do we see some trickery? Do we see some different wrinkles? Do we see some formations we haven't seen before? Going to be really interested, again, just to get a first glimpse of the Dowell Loggins attack and just see if there are any noticeable wrinkles that uh, Loggins has brought in to this offense. Sticking with the offense, guys. 
Uh, the continued chemistry of just Spencer Rattler and his weapons, guys. We've heard great things about Rattler, the spring he's had. Uh, you know, and, and like I said, is he going to play a lot? Not necessarily. I wouldn't expect to see more than three or four series tops from the Gamecocks starting quarterback. But I'm really curious. You know, there are new weapons at his disposal. You know, I just mentioned Trey Knox and all the players at the tight end position or revamped room. You mentioned Juice Wells. You talk about Xavier Leggett. Dak Joyner at running back, which we'll get into in just a second. Juju McDowell. You know, th- th- there's there's new guys, there's returners, and we've heard just such great things about Spencer Rattler and what he's been doing all spring. Really excited now in his second spring game, and obviously a huge year upcoming. It'll be his draft year and following up what he did in the final couple of games of the 2022 season, just getting a look at QB1, at his weapons, and the continuity and the fluidity of the offense and the explosiveness of the offense and being under control. Really excited to see how Spencer Rattler fares in tomorrow night's spring game. Speaking of DeCabrion Joyner, guys, of course, that is a big storyline, and I could argue it's been the storyline of spring ball, and I've written it down here as the quote-unquote Dak Joyner at running back experiment. And I think what the spring game may show us, is it just something that should be an experiment or does this thing really have legs that DeCarrion Joyner really could be RB1 for the Gamecocks when the season starts? Of course, guys, we've been talking about this a couple of weeks now, and it's been one of the top storylines. I'm just really intrigued to see how does he look back there. You know, we, we know he is a natural ball carrier. He looks great with the ball in his hands. He's explosive. He's an athlete, right? He's just a flat-out athlete But how does he look at running back? Like, is it really something where he could be RB1? Is it going to be kind of a gadget thing? Is it going to be a trick play thing? Is it just going to be sort of a different wrinkle? How many different trick plays will you be able to run out of that, right? Because he can throw it, he can catch it, he can run it. He can literally do everything for you. So seeing Spencer Rattler and DeCabrion Joyner back there together, that is going to be really, really Interesting, and I think we may have a little bit better of an idea after the spring game tomorrow night. Hey, is this just something that was sort of a fun spring game storyline and we'll scrap it and, you know, the Gamecocks need to go in the portal and find a running back? Or is this something where you look at and say, you know what? The Kevrion Joyner like a natural back there. He really impressed. We might actually have something here that we can take into the season and to carry on Joyner, uh, maybe can help us more at the running back position than we once thought. Going to be really interesting to see that. Guys, another big storyline, uh, when you look at the defense, right? We haven't talked defense yet, and you always look to who is the leader on that side of the ball. And I look at a guy like Nick Emanwari, right? He he was the surprise last year, the star freshman, if you will, his evolution as the leader of the Gamecocks defense. And if it's not him, who is it going to be? Is it going to be a Jordan Strawn? Is it going to be a Boogie Huntley? Is it going to be a Tonkin Hemingway? Is it going to be a Mo Kaba coming back from injury? Heck, is it a young guy like a Stone Blanton or a Pup Howard or what have you? I think Nick Emanwari, is it a Marcellus Dial and O'Donnell Fortune? I certainly don't want to forget those guys. I think it makes sense for a guy like Nick Emanuel because the safety, uh, he's basically one of your quarterbacks of the defense, your, your middle linebacker obviously being that main guy. But, you know, Nick Emanuel going to be one of your top players on defense, if not your top player coming in this season. Uh, you know, just seeing him flying around. It, it, it's, again, really tough guys to evaluate because the defense knows what the offense is doing for the most part, and the offense for the most part knows what the defense is doing. So I think if you go into it trying to base like who makes more plays, you might that's who had a better night, you might drive yourself crazy. But seeing Nick Emanwari back on the field now is, you know, think about it, guys. This time a year ago, 
He was a true freshman that a lot of people, unless they had a roster in front of him, they're like, who in the world's 21 out there flying around? Uh, now he's a star, right? It's crazy how much can change in a year. So continuing to see the progression of Nick Emawari physically, but also as a leader, uh, going to be really interesting to see, guys. What else we're looking forward to? Uh, how about some glimpses of hope in the front seven? Like I said, it's hard to, and you can't draw conclusions, but do we see guys flying around? Do we see athleticism? And what's so funny, guys, I sound like a broken record because this was something I was looking for last year as well, and we know that the edge position is a concern. We know the run defense as a whole is a concern. Until proven, the linebacker position is a concern. But you're going to see guys like a Jerron Willis, like a Pup Howard. Of course, Boogie Huntley is going to play. Tonka Hemingway is actually out for the spring, so we won't see him. Uh, you know, different guys at the edge. Jordan Strawn is out, but you're going to get a lot of opportunities. A guy like guys like Desmond Umiazulu and some of these young guys who will have the opportunity to make a contribution. It, are there any glimpses of hope that we can really take away? I'm going to say probably not because you just can't draw those conclusions, but excited to see some of those raw athletes they have in the front seven and see what type of contributions they can make and maybe show that they could be early contributors for this game, Cox football team. And guys, finally, my final top storyline, and really what the spring game is all about when you boil it down to it, is a, a night for the fans once again at Williams-Brice Stadium. I think Shane Beamer is an absolute genius for making the spring game a night game once again. I mean, it just absolutely makes sense, right? You don't have to cave to what TV wants or what the SEC wants. You can literally do this thing whenever you want. And it's just a great opportunity. You know, I said this a couple of weeks ago that Shane Beamer is a master marketer of his football program. I mean, he truly is. He's a master marketer of his football program, doing things like the spring game at night, right? Getting some of these top prospects and these top recruits into Willie B and letting them see the light show, right? You're showing off the lights as well. And, and there's just, it's just a great opportunity to put your football program on display. And again, most of all guys, most importantly, it's a great opportunity for fans just to get inside Williams-Brice Stadium, take the kids. It's a free event. And for fans to take in, seeing their favorite players, seeing the newcomers, if you will, getting autographs. It's a lot of fun. Also get back to tailgating, all that good stuff. The festivities will be Incredible. So a great night for fans to take in football at Willie B. Going to be a lot of fun. It was a blast last year. I'm sure it'll be more of the same this year as well. Guys, let's move into players to watch for. Players I'm most keeping an eye on in this spring game. And let me go ahead and get out in front of it because I'm going to spoil it. On this list, there is no Spencer Rattler and there is no Juice Wells. And there's a reason for that, guys. What do I need to see from Spencer Rattler in this spring game? Like, what is he going to show me? He's probably only going to play two or three series. What do I need to see from Juice Wells? I know Rattler's QB1, and I know Juice Wells is wide receiver one. Like, what do they have to prove? So I'm more so looking at, like, when the players, when I'm talking about players to watch for, guys that are either fighting for a job or I'm just intrigued by, let's just say, their role on the football team. A lot of young guys as well, transfer portal guys, what have you. But when you look at, the players that I'm most excited to see and that I'm looking for, you got to start with the Cabrion Joiner. He has been the talk of spring ball with this move to the running back position. And I'm just curious to see how he's used in this spring game. Is it primarily at running back? Is it at wide receiver? Does he get some snaps in a wildcat? Does he throw the football? I, you know, he's still even after all these years coming into this season is one of the most intriguing Gamecocks 
on this football team because you've got a portion of the fan base that thinks he's underutilized. There's a portion of the fan base that thinks he doesn't play enough. There's a portion of the fan base that that wants to see him out there every play. It's it's just crazy. He's obviously a fan favorite for being such a great teammate. Coming back to South Carolina wants to finish this thing out the right way, and you really hope he's rewarded for it. So. The Kevrion Joyner and, and the running back storyline, of course, took over the spring, as I mentioned. One of the top stories, how does he fit in there? Is he a natural? Just what is his role going to be? Because we all know this. While he may not be a running back by trade or a quarterback by trade or a receiver by trade, he may not have one true position. The guy is an athlete. We've been preaching that for years. The guy is an athlete who can help this football team. And I'm just really excited to get a glimpse of number five at the running back position. Maybe, just maybe, that is his calling. And we see all of a sudden the light bulb click on and Dak Joyner shows he can help this football team carry in the rock in 2023. The second player I'm most excited, I'm looking forward to watching for is Trey Knox, the Arkansas tight end transfer. Really excited to see. I think he's going to be... One of the top targets for Spencer Rattler this season. Gone are Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell. But I think this is a situation where it's going to be addition by subtraction. Like, I really do believe Trey Knox is an upgrade at the tight end position. I think he's going to be a weapon for you, right? Trey Knox was a guy, when South Carolina took on Arkansas guys, Trey Knox is one of the guys we talked about as, hey, look out for this dude. Trey Knox is a weapon. They're going to utilize him. Uh, I, I think it's going to be really cool to see him. Obviously, a huge a specimen, a big body guy. Looking forward to him. Also, Joshua Simon at the tight end position. Let me give him an honorable mention because I'm talking tight ends. That is a dude, the Western Kentucky transfer, that has really turned heads this spring. I could see him popping off in the spring game as well. The third player I'm watching for, guys, linebacker Jerron Willis, the Ole Miss Transfer and guys, we've been talking year after year after year about the linebacker position and the concerns there. And it just feels like you don't have the guys, you don't have the bodies. It's always felt like an area of weakness. I'm really excited to see what Jerron Willis can do. I think he's a day one starter. This is a former four star prospect, former four star recruit, went to Ole Miss, transfers in. I think again, he's a day one starter for you, and I expect to see him flying around all over the field. Tomorrow night, Jerron Willis definitely one to keep an eye on, I think, in the spring game as we get our first glimpse at him. The number four player that I'm most excited to see and I'm looking for, quarterback Lenoris Sellers. And this is another dude that has been the talk of spring ball. Trey Knox went as far as to say he's got the strongest arm on the team. There's been so much hype and so much hoopla, and the hype feels different, right, than other quarterbacks we've seen coming to Columbia and be really highly regarded, what have you. It sounds like Lenora Sellers might be different. Again, there's so much excitement around this kid for what he did in the high school ranks. It was such a big pickup to get him. Really pumped to see him take the field. Uh, he's got the athleticism. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got the arm strength. There's a lot of Gamecock fans out that think after Spencer Rattler is gone that it will be Lenoris Sellers who will get the keys to the kingdom, if you will. It'll be his job to lose. So excited to get our first glimpse. Maybe this guy is QB1 of the future. And guys, my fifth and final player I'm excited to watch for is Grayson Pop Howard. At the linebacker position, he's been a fan favorite since the day he committed. And I think certainly is going to be a big-time impact guy for the Gamecocks. Will he be a starter? I'm not necessarily sure, but I think definitely he's going to be in that two deep. And he's going to be in that rotation for South Carolina. So to see him flying around out there. And just, you know, it's really fun in the spring game, too. 
you know, we follow these guys so closely in recruiting, and when you get them to commit, it feels like such a victory. And then getting to see them on the field in action, I think it's a really, really cool thing, you know, to come from, you know, just recalling when guys drop their top tens or top fives or top threes, going from that to seeing them on the field is a really, really cool thing. So Grayson Pup Howard, I think, is another big-time prospect. I think it'll be great to get a glimpse at him. Let's move into Saturday's spring game standout. Who I think the spring game standout will be, who I think the player will be talking about will be after the spring game tomorrow night. And I just mentioned it, but guys, the hype feels different around Lenora Sellers. I'm not saying he's going to push Spencer Rattler for the starting job. I'm not saying that at all. I think ideally Lenora Sellers will register, and I don't think you'll even see him on the field this fall. However, getting our first glimpse at him, and like I mentioned earlier, guys, the spring game is an opportunity for youngsters, right? You're probably going to see a lot of Luke Doty, a lot of Tanner Bailey, a lot of Braden Davis, and yes, a lot of Lenoris Sellers as well. It would not shock me at all if they dialed up some big-time ball plays for Sellers so he can show off the arm strength, so he can show off his athleticism, so he can show off his skills a little bit. It will not surprise me at all if Lenoris Sellers is the spring game standout and is a guy that's continuing to generate hype and buzz and just grow that hype train around him for the future at South Carolina. So Lenoris Sellers, my spring game standout, who I think will have the biggest game in the spring game. Finally, guys, as we close out, we'll move into what I most want to see from tomorrow night's spring game, right? It's like when you think about it, offensively, defensively, what are you most looking forward to? I'll start with offense. On the offensive side of the football, of course, year one of Dowell Loggins, what can we learn about his offensive scheme? Probably not a lot, but I, what I selfishly and personally want to see is an up-tempo, exciting brand of football, right? Too many times last year, the whole check with me thing and the Gamecocks looked like they were moving in quicksand, moving so methodically down the field, just, just so deliberately, if you will. I think that's the right word, but just moving at a snail's pace, right? Listen, if you don't score 40 points per game, that's fine. But fans want to be able to tune in to watch their favorite team and it be exciting on the offensive side and not being like paint drying. Will it be fair that fans will draw conclusions from the spring game? It's not fair, but you know it's going to happen. Why not put on a show on the offensive side for your fan base? Up-tempo, exciting brand. Let your athletes be athletes, for goodness sakes, and let your guys make plays. Spencer Rattler's been preaching that all spring. Hey, we're able to go out there, ball out, make plays, not think about it. Let's see that in the spring game. Defensively, guys, what I most want to see Really just improvement from the linebacker group as a whole. That's the group that really just still continues to concern me. And you've added all these new guys, right? Stone Blanton's a big piece for you. Grayson Pup Howard, who I just mentioned. Jerron Willis. Debo Williams is back. Mo Cobble won't go through the spring game. But just seeing improvement there. And I think seeing, again, the front seven as well as a whole, the athleticism continue to improve, right? These youngsters you've gotten in recruiting. You just want to continue to see that improve because that's the biggest issue on the defensive side. And again, it's one of those things where, hey, if, if the defense has a great day and stops the offense, well, what's wrong with the offense? If the offense has a great day and the defense can't get a stop, well, what's wrong with the defense, right? So I, I'm just, again, not sure you're going to be able to learn a whole lot, but seeing guys flying around in the front seven, uh, improvement from that linebacker group specifically. If I had to pick one group on the defense, that's who I want to see ball out. So guys, that's going to do it for my breakdown of tomorrow night's spring game. We'd love to hear your thoughts. 
What are your top storylines? Which players are you most looking forward to watching? Who do you think is going to stand out? And what do you most want to see from the spring game? Offensively, defensively, What's guaranteed is this. It's going to be one hell of a night. I know it's going to be a great night for the Gamecocks fan base, and it should be a lot of fun, and certainly it will give us a lot to talk about coming out of the spring game as we go into the offseason, which is crazy to think after the spring game there will be no football until the Gamecocks take the field for fall camp and then inevitably, of course, the opener against UNC September the second. But again, guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. I'm, I apologize yet again. The, the podcast got out a day late. Thank y'all for rolling with the punches. And I cannot express to you all again how grateful I am for your love, your support on the podcast side of the business, the live show, the merchandise, and everything in between. Truly appreciate each and every single one of you. With that being said, I'll leave you with this. Go Cox. Beat Vandy. Y'all have one hell of a weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium, and we will talk to you all on Monday. Monday.